Welcome to episode 47 of the Daniel Yoris Podcast with today's guest, Inam Salim of Inner Metal. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm joined here today by Inam Salim from Inner Metal. If you follow me on Instagram, you've heard me speak about the Inner Metal Earth Connect shoe, and that is one of many things that we're here to discuss today. Uh, it's been a few back and forths, and Nam's been all over the world in the past several months in this crazy time that we're living in, but I'm happy to connect. So, Anam, thanks for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Daniel. Now, where are you right now in the world? You're in Calgary, yes? I'm in Calgary. It's called Calgary, and I've uh, been here for, for the last few months. I travel back to Dubai uh, next week. So even though travel's been much more limited, as you would expect, um, but uh, you know, part of having operations in different parts of the world means that you can't completely be remote you know the, there's still an element of of uh, you know workspaces and people and um so yeah travel to dubai next week back next month uh, for uh, after a month so currently in in calgary and um you know kind of used to it now used to the movement side of it but uh, i think at some point it'll need to stop <laughs> yeah to- i can i can imagine and, and i guess that's part of the challenge of having you know a business that does as any business does operations online, but as well with the recent opening of OS one, which we'll get into a little bit later, you know, having some actual in-person physical brick and mortar operations as well. And probably not, not, uh, the, the worst flight in the world to, or maybe it's a bad flight. I don't know, but to get to Dubai, just as Calgary is probably starting to get cold now. Absolutely. It'd be the exact opposite. Well, this year it worked out well. I was, uh, you know, I, I got in, it was sort of mid summer and, uh, now I'm back to Dubai. This is going to be, the best time to be in Dubai. So, you you know, the winters are pleasant. They're nice. Um, and then hopefully, yeah, so we'll get to see a bit of winter. But last year it worked, didn't quite work out as you would want it to. I would, I spent the summers in Dubai at 50 degrees and then the winters at minus 30 in Montreal. So it wasn't, <laughs> it, we, we got it wrong. Yeah, you know, we, got, we, we got the formula wrong. But as long as it's summers in Canada and winters in Dubai, it's it's not a bad thing. Yeah, you got the, you, you got the, uh, the summers the summer's right this time, you know, it's, I'm sure you're gonna, you've had enough winter last year for two winters. And so you won't <laughs> miss winter too much this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, and, and Calgary of course is, is a bit more, um, you know, Calgary is, uh, is, is colder, right? So it's, uh, it's also going to be a bit more severe. Well, this year it's been interesting. It hasn't, it hasn't snowed. Today was the first real snow of, of the year. So it's, uh, it's Before been Halloween. pleasant so far, but uh, yeah, what comes next? We we I think we we know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And where where are you from originally? I am from Dubai, born and raised in in Dubai. I uh, spent some time living in, uh, in 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 Canada when I was doing my undergrad at York. Uh, spent about five years in Canada, and then I, I spent uh, a few years in Portugal, um, and then back to Dubai, and now sort of between Dubai and Canada now. So it's been. Uh, it's been a little bit of a journey. Um, of course, you know, traveling to there. I think I still enjoy it. I still enjoy, you know, the excitement of moving and living. I think it makes you, you know, I think traveling or, or working from different spaces allows you to, to recalibrate. You know, it, 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 it forces a change in your thinking and your lifestyle. I think sometimes it's almost like hitting that reset button again when you have to kind of reevaluate everything. Do I need everything? Do I, what am I, you know, so it, it and, and that forces a change where, whereas if you're settled in one office, one location for too long, there is that element of being stagnant. 
So that mm-hmm. part of it challenges you. It's not a pleasant change, but it is a change. And sometimes there's, you know, there's, there's some positive that comes out of it. Interesting. Yeah. I think I would very much agree with that. This past summer, I spent six weeks in Florida and that's the, you know, the longest time that I've been away from, from Toronto, from home type of thing. And it was, you know, Florida is not all that different. <laughs> Realistically, it's not like going from Dubai to Calgary, but it is, uh, it was different enough that I had that change of perspective. And like you said, you know, it, it can, it can challenge you in a way that's uncomfortable, but that helps you grow. Right. And you know, it's not, not supposed to be easy. We can't just seek easy things in our, in our life all the time. That's not how anything really productive gets done. So I, I think that that's a very interesting uh, perspective. And I, I didn't know that you went to York. I also went to York. So that's another coincidence. Well, one of the other things that travel does is, you know, I, I, I've been, I haven't put these up online, but I've been taking pictures. I carry, I've been carrying a bag and and pretty much my entire life was in that one sort of it was you know minimalist lifestyle other than the work side of things everything else on the personal side things that i had would fit in would fit in a bag so it was when i was i spent about 2 years in portugal and then the first trip back to to canada as well it was really just a laptop bag a suit and one bag and that's it that's all i had that was all my possessions for about probably for about two years. And even now it wouldn't be, perhaps it'd be two bags now, but it wouldn't be a lot more. <laughs> right. uh, but what that did was it just kind of forces you to, to evaluate what you really need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, there is, of course, like everything else, there's a bit of a balance in, in, in being comfortable where you are and not being in, you know, in that mentality where you're constantly thinking that you are, um, you know, that you are, uh, you know, I think roots is part of human nature. So I think that is something which is necessary. And, and, and yet, you know, travel and minimalism goes on the other side of it. But I think there's a bit of a balance between between the both of them. So I've been taking these pictures with my with my bag wherever I go. And I've got, you know, from from Whistler last week to Vancouver to Halifax, St. John's. This was just over the last few months. So it's been St. John's, Moncton, Halifax, Toronto, Montreal, Whistler, BC last week. And, you know, the same bag, it's been uh, traveling around the world. But the Portugal, I lived in Portugal, I was on an island in Portugal called Madeira, which is in the Atlantic Ocean. So I spent uh, some time there. So I've been waiting to put these pictures up, just haven't gotten around to it. But instead of taking selfies, it's been my bag's been taking selfies of itself, (laughs) you know, so... That's awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think it would it would come with a lot of great experiences, and like you said, it's maybe counter to what you know humans might want to be like, where we you know we want to have those roots and settle down in one location. But m- maybe there's some benefit in seeing many places and then being able to decide where you want to end up for mm-hmm. whatever reasons that it provides you, rather than just staying in the place that you were born in because that's where you were born, right? So it's kind of like you said, you know, it- it's going to stop eventually, just not yet. Yeah, absolutely. Broadening horizons. I think it's 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 a duty, right? I think broadening horizons. Every place is different. It forces you to think differently. Languages, food, the mode of living, and it's good to know that there is, you know, that uh, that you know. It, I don't know what it is, but places cause that change, and there is um, there are different ways to live, and they're all right. You know, you don't have to follow a certain path. You don't have to do a certain thing because. You know, whatever you see around you enforces that belief or that idea that things are done this way and they must be done this way. But when you take yourself out of that equation, 
and get out of that bubble, perhaps it does you good by, by knowing that, you know what, you can pursue different journeys, you can do things differently, people, you know, and, and I think the languages has a large part of this as well. It's a very core form of communication. And when you realize that every language is, is almost like a modus operandi, right? It's a, every language has its own way of, 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 of living. It's different perceptions, different thought processes, uh, which really creates growth of the mind, growth of, you know, um, and I think ultimately in the journey, that's part, part of us to, to realize how, you know, even though it's a small planet, in many ways, it's become smaller, but it's still interesting. It's still broad. It still has a lot of choice. And the other thing that you were talking about is, I think, you know, being comfortable, achievement never comes out of being comfortable. I think, it, you, you know, whenever there's something that has been achieved, whether that's you know, training it, you know, whether that's training and, and challenging your, your body in a very, you know, in a very literal way, when you break down the fibers of your muscle, and you come back stronger. In many ways, I think that also applies to anything else that you do when you challenge yourself, you, you, you know, you, when you are uncomfortable, that's when change will come, you know, and whatever that might be, whether that's, you know, in, in, in many sort of, uh, you know, aspects of life that would be relevant. Um, but yeah, enjoy that. It's just that physically it gets a bit tough sometimes, like operating through different time zones right now. It's uh, it's a real challenge. Uh, I'm not sure what time I should be sleeping or waking up or getting on calls. It's been, you know, like last night I had a call at 5.30 a.m. Germany, and then there was another one in Dubai at 1 a.m. So I didn't know what I, you know, so I got a few yeah. hours of sleep and then in the morning I was able to get sneak in another couple of hours before the next call comes in. So it's been really, Calgary is at the best place to be globally connected uh, from a time zone perspective. It's a beautiful right. city. Yeah, but, pros, uh, pros and cons for sure. But I, I'm so happy that you, that you mentioned that bit on like training to be uncomfortable and how that, you know, applies to travel and being uncomfortable because, you know, we've had a few interactions, you know, previous to this, but not that many. We're not, you know, we haven't been speaking on the phone for, for hours and all that stuff. And that's such a core element of what I speak about all the time on this podcast is how like training is a microcosm of all the other physical training, like in the gym is a microcosm of all the other things that we do in life. And, you know, we can get uncomfortable in the gym. We can push ourselves and challenge ourselves in a relatively safe and controlled environment so that when these things happen to us outside of our life, whatever catastrophes may come or whatever uncomfortabilities may present themselves that are out of our control, we have something to pull from that's going to allow us to stay calm in the fire, so to speak. And so anyways, it's, it was just, it's very, no, it's, absolutely. that's a great point. The other thing Daniel is that this is, I mean, our world has become a lot more comfortable over the last hundred years or mm -hmm. perhaps even less than it was for the, for the millions before it of was course. never going, you know, the, the amount of variables and, you know, we're expected to plan five years ahead, you know, or, or even longer in many cases, you know, where, uh, you know, where, wherever you go in for a job interview, you will get asked, you know, what do you want, you know, in the next five years, 10 years. And, you know, we've become used to that question where we where we need to look forward and, you know, sometimes even look more um, into the future. But realistically, the world didn't allow that not very long ago. You know, our, our, our systems around us and are, were not built. And, and to some extent, you know, the whole pandemic has been a reality check on that as well, that, I mean, as much as we think that we've got things under control and some kind of uh, a plan to a large extent, in reality, it can change very, very quickly, you know, right. so that, you know, uh, that, uh, and we don't have an alternative plan. I mean, you know, 100 years ago, the world was 
segregated enough in a way that, you know, different environments were completely isolated from each other. Whereas today, if you have uh, lithium running out in Chile, suddenly there are no cars being made anywhere in the world because you get a global chip microchip shortage and, and, and that impacts everything else that you do. But, uh, but yeah, so, so, you know, our, our environments make us feel sort of comfortable, but I think it's on us then to challenge that and to make sure that we, we, we keep growing by putting ourselves in, in some kind of challenges where we, where we do that. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, intermetal, but I think one of the first things that, that really changed, uh, you know, my way of thinking in, in entrepreneurship was, was barefoot running. You know, that, I think that was one event which was, in many ways, it was very liberating. You know, it's just something that it was such, it was one of those things that, you know, when I started running barefoot, it really built that inner confidence in many ways where you are, you know, you, you it just changed the wiring of how my thought process was working. And it it's was like your self-reliance. You don't need the shoe. Your foot can do the thing for you. Yeah, but it's also, there's a social aspect to this. You know, I remember mm-hmm. when I was running a marathon barefoot, there were a few people standing next to me and, and, and I took the shoes off right before the marathon started. And as you would imagine, you know, there were people standing by me, they looked at the clock, they're like, oh, you know what, we're going to start running now. You better <laughs> put your shoes on. I said, no, I'm, I've just taken them off. I've, I'm going to run barefoot. It didn't register. They're like, no, but we're going to start running. You, you should put your feet your shoes on. <laughs> No, but I'm running barefoot. And they said, all right, no, I don't know what you're doing, but you yeah. know, it was it was one of those things. But uh, but that was one of those ch- challenges, you know. And I remember after that, I I, I went to Mount Everest Base Camp. I, 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 well, I didn't go to Summit, but uh, it was Base Camp. And uh, that was one of the things that I, you know, so I, I set up around that time. This was probably about 10 years ago. Around that time, I set a few challenges. One was trying to get through a CFA exam, which was, you know, in the finance industry, it's a, it's a very, very difficult examination to sit. I was doing an MBA and, and I did both of these in like record time of eight months. I did, the M, I, I did an MBA and I did a CFA in a record time of eight months while I was running a business that previous to this needed me every day for 14 hours a day. And it was just impossible for me to try and even think of taking time off. So I really had to try and be super effective. And then, you know, I think that period really pushed me mentally. The other thing is, you know, we talk about the attention span being 45 minutes and you should take a break. I remember sitting down at 6 a.m. with, with you know, the, the finance books, which just get mailed to you and, and you have to figure it all out. And I remember sitting down for 14 hours straight. And I think that was probably the most, you know, you know, I think challenged I've been from, you know, it takes sort of mental concentration to be able to do that. And I think, I think part of that was physical. So the barefoot running, the marathon going, you know, and, and, and right after that, I thought if I, if I pass, I'm going to go to Mount Everest. So I, I put that as a, as a physical challenge, just to torture myself a bit more uh, if <laughs> yeah. I did succeed to make sure that we don't, you know, that we're not, we're not back to comfort levels immediately after that. But, uh, but yeah, I think that that time really allowed me to build, you know, I was working on projects at the time and there were a few things I was working on uh, in, in different industries, but uh, it was a difficult time. And, you know, like any entrepreneur who's gone through that journey will tell you, you'll, you'll see a lot more failures than you'll see successes, you know, and, um, and there's a few, 
you know, I've been involved in a lot of different projects. A few of them have been successful, but the majority of them have been very, very difficult or, you know, to try and even attempt to, to embark on a challenge like that sometimes might seem naive or foolish, but you need that, you need that reserve of, of, of strength and, and stamina, which you'll need to find because, you know, you can't, you know, you cannot go into a supermarket and buy that stuff. You know, that's something that you need to build and you need to train for it. Everybody has their own ways. For me, it was a little bit of an unorthodox way, you know, um, because I think, uh, you know, maybe I was a bit, um, you know, innovative or unique in my, in my approach. I, you know, I, I saw my challenges uh, as, uh, as unique to my own circumstances. You know, perhaps if you're in the corporate world, you see a gap, you, you know, it gives you a form of operation. You take that gap and you build on it. Um, that's one route. But when you're trying to do things from a completely new approach or a whiteboard, I think stamina and, and, and vision or clarity of vision becomes difficult to hang on to over if it's a marathon, you know, and it always is. People think it's a sprint, but it, it always ends up being a marathon. And, and you're, you're pacing yourself for a sprint. You get off the, you know, you get off the line and you think this, this, is, this is going to be a sprint. And, and then when you're in it, you realize that ah, this is not a sprint and you can't slow down. So, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does sort of catch you off guard. Um, I think that's the best description I would have, at least for my journey. I'm sure this would be relevant to a lot of people as well when, you know, doing what they, what they do. Yeah, exactly. There, there are parallels that you can you can draw between that and anything. I really like how you didn't mention that. You know, you said you had a few successes, but then you didn't mention that you had a bunch of failures. You didn't use that word failure because from all of those things, you know, you learn from them. There's the saying, you know, we win or we learn. We don't win and lose. We win or we learn. And so from these ventures or from whatever it is, if we if we want to put it into to gym terms for anybody listening, you know, you attempt a a lift. You want to lift a hundred pounds didn't go up today. The bar didn't move, but you learned something. You learned that, you know, maybe it's, you know, something about your technique or something about your setup or, you know, whatever it may be. And so the next time you're better equipped to hit that hundred pound lift or, or push that company to the next level or whatever the thing may be. So, you know, you take these lessons and you take those chances, you get good at being uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And then you take that into whatever comes next. And like you said, it's, it's never ending. Like if that company, you know, you, if you hit that sprint and you hit the golden lottery ticket and your company goes to, you know, hundred million dollars in three months, whatever. Well, what happens? You just like, you just sit on a beach the rest of your life? Like probably not. There's still things that have to happen because as quickly as it came, it can go away. And the same with your fitness and the same with anything in life. It just, it goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think to me, there was two elements of designing this in in terms of um, one of them is you need your oxygen supply to keep your, you know, to keep yourself going, to keep your company going, you know, you need that oxygen supply and, and you build that in a way that you know that that is something that you uh, can rely on. So you need to be cautious in the design of it when you're building, whether it's, you know, whether it's your personal life or whether it's the way a business is being built. And again, this these things come after a few challenges and, and, and you know, they come after those roller coaster rides that you will take and realize that, you know, things are not going as you expected it to. So, so basically, for you know, for me, the money aspect of it became irrelevant a long time ago. So most of the projects that I work on just needed to be in the right space because you know the finance side of it is always a result of how much impact you're making. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know, beyond a certain point, once you have an oxygen supply for yourself and you live a lifestyle that you know that you can manage and you know yourself and you know how, you know, your connection with finances works, you're then able to almost unchain yourself and free yourself from that side of things and then start focusing on the bigger picture, which which was really my goal on saying, okay, I, I want to be able to get, you know, to point A when I do not have to worry about about finances from, you know, from a, from a personal perspective or a business perspective, because that's when you can really then start doing your, uh, your best work. You can think, you know, you can think broader. You, so, you know, so there's never been a monetary target on, on, on everything until that first benchmark, which was set up, which, which was the hardest initially, you know, that was, that was very hard, but luckily for me, I, you know, I started early, so I had time to be able to go through these ups and downs. And, and uh, it was probably about 15 years of, of, of that. And it was a very, you know, it was a very challenging time, but I still had enough reserve energy and time to be able to then really work on, you know, work on, on, on some of the projects that I really believed in, some of the projects which I thought I can help and contribute in. And that's, it's always been that mindset since then, you know, um, to, to be involved in a space where, where we can create the maximum possible impact, you know, um, and that impact to many people can be how many lives you touch, how many people you work with, how many, you know, what are you assisting your community, your city, your country, your, you know, or, 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 uh, you know, globally, what, you know, so that really depends on whatever that person, but that's a good way of thinking, you know, to put yourself in a space on, you know, by almost assuming that, okay, if I had everything I needed to be comfortable today, what would I do? You right. know, what would I work on? What would I do? Would I sit on that beach? Because the second you sit on that beach, you realize a couple of days later that I can't sit here forever. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's, it's just human nature. You know, we, 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 we don't think that beach through, you know, we need to think it through. Okay. Day five at the beach. What am I doing? Day 25 at the beach. What am I doing? You know, and, and if you take that forward, you stretch it, you realize you come back to where you are now and you realize what you need to do differently because you've kind of mentally gone through that process of getting to the beach and then coming back to reality and, and thinking, you know what, life will not be much different, whether I was at that beach or whether I'm doing what I'm doing right now, because ultimately I, I, I still, you know, most people would think, okay, well, you know, this is where I am. This is what I am doing. It's an opportunity. How can I make the best of it? And whatever that might be, whether you're a personal trainer at a gym or whether you're trying to, you know, whether you're trying to build a business or whether you are, uh, you know, doing work, which is nonprofit. Um, but uh, I think taking yourself through that journey uh, is, is, is helpful. Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful worldview and a wonderful explanation of things. I think there, that might be the best part of the podcast just, just already, but um, yeah, no, thank you for that because it, it is so important. And like you said, you know, just kind of circling things back, you get the finances to the side to the point where you can have that one bag, that one suit in your laptop. And sure, you can you can aim for the private jets and the Rolexes and all that stuff. But then you've got to spend more time getting money. And then that's taken away from what you're actually doing. And then it's like, well, what is this? You know, this circle is just going nowhere. I'm just working to to live this lifestyle that I can't afford. And then so I have to work more to do this. And it's not about working more. It's about what are you actually accomplishing, right? And I think that kind of everything you said and how wholesome it is and the impact that you want to have really leads into everything that Intermetal is trying to be. It's not trying to be 
Nike, right? It's trying to do something that's actually impactful for the world and trying to change the way that we that we do things, right? So t- tell, tell us a little bit about how the idea of Intermetal came to be and, and sort of what it is. Yeah, so, you know, the, the name, yeah, Intermetal, I guess at the time it was, uh, you know, it also represents to me at least that struggle of, uh, you know, having that stamina and that, you know, that willingness to, to keep going through uh, hardships to try and achieve something that you believe in. Uh, that you think will be helpful, and you know, to me, I'm I'm a problem solver by nature. So the, the brand, to some extent, I think also reflects that. Um, and one of the things is, you know, there in in the industry that we chose in in, in the uh, industry that we work in, Intermetal, which is you know functional apparel, thing, you know, producing products which have an impact on human health. Uh, and the environment. I think that's the core idea that how can we help improve lives by the product that we build? Um, Barefoot running, you know, led to a journey of exploration on the why. And there were two elements of this. One was the, you know, the the biodynamics on, on how the human foot and the body has been designed to work in a way which is restricted by by footwear, which is again the same thing, too comfortable. It makes you comfortable. You're not challenged. You're, you know, and the body stops and growing. Uh, you know, if you're trying to get a, a kid to learn how to walk and you put shoes on, that journey, that process will just take a lot longer. You need to let them fall. You need to let them balance. That's part of that learning curve. But then suddenly, we take that away in the name of being comfortable. Uh, but of course, there's you know, there's also uh, you know. Um, a practical aspect of this a lot of places are not safe to run you know you might you know there is a possibility of injury etc so um, that was one product uh, one one part of it but the you know the 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 goal behind it was to um fund research look at this it is an area that certainly should inspire curiosity on why you know why is you know, we, we've created a world environment which is quite different than what it was even a couple of hundred years ago. And we do not stand and question on how are these things impacting us? How are our urban environments, the products that we wear, how are they impacting us? So as I led on to that journey, I found a lot of problems which are not being talked about. You know, things like the research that was done on earthing footwear and how it impacts inflammation levels, how it impacts energy levels, how it can impact, you know, the biodynamics of the foot. Similarly, when I looked at um, the impact of petroleum-based apparel, the effect of that on human health on how hormonal changes can occur because of of wearing petroleum-based polyester. And they are drastic. I mean, these are significant changes, but nobody's talking about this. We, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we talk, so there were a few very, you know, large things around me that I'm thinking companies with billions of dollars in research uh, capabilities that can produce products, fund material research are, but maybe there is a reason, maybe there is a liability aspect to this as well, that, you know, the same company that is producing the apparel or uh, producing the products cannot look back and and fund the research and find a problem in the products that they're making. So maybe there is a, an incentive to not look um, but from an outsider's perspective, we can be as, uh, you know, we can scrutinize decisions, we can scrutinize why things are done the way they are and try and do things better because we have no, 
you know, we we do not have um, you know shareholders and 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 corporate boards and media and the public uh, uh, perception. You know, we are free and unchained to do whatever we want to do, which is liberating in 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 many ways. So the products that we're making are are all and even products which are which are released the active where the bioform is made from uh, plant-based bio-based materials it doesn't use petroleum polyester we're funding some research on um, on 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 how earthing footwear there is some work done but the, you know like anything that for this to become mainstream it needs more research it needs more uh, scrutiny from the public eye uh, it's quite niche right now it's almost seen as uh, so yeah, the the journey for in a metal will be a difficult one because we will constantly challenge and change and question why. Um, but ultimately, we want to keep building products that we think are helpful and change the status quo and find better ways of doing these things. Right. Yeah. So, one one thing that I think is really good about the stuff that you guys are doing and the the, the products that you're putting out is that it's not necessarily taking away or asking anyone to change their lifestyle. People already wear shoes, and so you know that presents a problem or or some problems. And so you're not out there, you know, you can't make a business off of telling somebody to take your shoes off. As much as I say that every single day, like that's not a that's not a thing. Like, yeah, you you should go outside and just walk on the grass with your bare feet. Like you should do that, but you can't be doing that all the time. And that's asking someone to make a very large behavioral change, which, as we know, is the most difficult thing to ask of of yeah. another person. So asking someone to change their footwear to a shoe that allows them to experience the benefits of earthing well they're wearing one shoe or another shoe so to someone who's not going to get so hung up on brands and you know for whatever that's worth which personally to me i don't care at all but (laughs) some people do but you know you're still wearing shoes so it's not a behavioral change although now you're getting the benefits of earthing and same with the clothing you're going to wear a t-shirt and you know no one's asking you to go live in the forest and you know live naked in the forest like that's not what anyone's and there are some people who will who will promote that, but you know, do your thing, but you know, you're going to wear clothes. So why not wear clothes that are not harming the environment that are not harming your hormonal health that are not harming your biochemistry, or just at least acting adversely towards the, the natural human experience. So I think that that is a, an excellent blend of things that you guys have done because again, it's just not asking for people to change their behavior, which is so difficult. Absolutely. Yeah, it can be a big ask. I mean, as it is, the products that we we are working on are a bit out of the ordinary and there will always be some level of skepticism by the consumer because ultimately they are products which are uh, for sale. But the goal is to is to build resources to make products which are um, helpful and uh, rather than harmful and to solve some problems which are you know, not directly related to the consumer. So for example, the effect of microplastics on, uh, you know, when you wash a t-shirt, which is made out of polyester, microplastics go through the washing machine into the water system. And they are tiny microfibers, which are then going into either the environment for sure, also animal life, going back into the food chain, they even evaporate, come back into the rain. So we are, and, and, you know, plastic will not biodegrade uh, in you know, in in the the length of time that biodegradability for plastic is is much longer. So, at the time when plastic was used around World War II, there was you know a large production demand. We you know the world at the time 
for 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 reasons which are uh, not the best for humanity needed to produce uh, all kinds of material apparel pants uh, gear and plastic seemed like a great idea it was a wonderful material at the time um, but now we're realizing that you know like most things that we do that there are always impacts and side effects and of things that we think at the time was a great idea you know we we constantly debate everything today on what we should be eating whether you know and, and this debate has been going on and it will continue going on because whenever we we create one change uh, 10 years later we see a different perspective on the change that we've created you know so right. it's it's uh you know it's an ongoing process and you know it's a bit um worrying sometimes as well that the changes that we create today what impact will these have on the environment uh, and our own health it's the you know we are globally today in a in a precarious you know situation whether we talk about things like climate change but a lot of these other things that are silently being you know, impacting are, are, are not on the top of the agenda. So, you know, we as a brand want to try and do as much as we can. So microplastics, awareness, uh, change your materials, not a very difficult problem to solve if, you know, the right, you know, the right um, state players or corporate players put their mind to it. But perhaps there's no incentives. But by creating awareness, we're creating that incentive where right. when a consumer can go in and, and question and ask, you know, so that's what we'd like to do is create that incentive to think, because if it's just microplastics, yes, but it doesn't impact you tomorrow, uh, but it impacts the environment in a hundred years is one thing. But if it's a microplastic that impacts how you will live, I think that brings a certain level of urgency to looking at that product and that company perhaps differently. So, you know, that's the goal. I mean, we, we don't, um, you know, we, we don't know how these products and projects will turn out, but really the goal is to, to identify problems, identify solutions and, and, and start that journey and hopefully create that movement, uh, towards, uh, you know, towards change. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these, these things are not necessarily tangible. It's not like if you, you know, put your feet on the, on the earth or you wear the, the earth connect shoe, you're not going to feel like, you know, a million times better. That's not how it works. You don't just all of a sudden feel like Superman, but there are, if you pay attention and you use it long enough and then you, you know, you eat clean food and you get sunshine and you wear proper clothes and, you know, you do all these things, then yeah, you'll start to notice a little bit more tangible benefit. But for some people in this kind of like, you know, instant culture that we have where it's like, oh, I got to do X and I need to experience Y instantly. That's just not how it works. So, so it can be a tough sell, but if people are open to it and, you know, conversations like this, I think are, you know, go a long way in just expressing these ideas and just putting them out there. And then, Hey, you know, one can realize that there's not a lot of drawbacks to it. You're buying shoes anyways, buy shoes that don't mess you up, buy clothes that don't mess you up kind of thing. Right. And so it, you know, you just be curious to the listener, you know, be curious and, and do your own homework on this. Don't become a researcher. And I'm not saying that, but like, you know, look at the brands, ask the questions and, and, you know, you'll, you'll find that these things are generally helpful for you. One thing that I think uh, might be nice to clear up for people is Explain to us a little bit of how the shoes actually work, because obviously there's still a barrier, there's still a sole underneath your foot, and how does that, or what's the technology in the shoe that allows for earthing to happen while wearing it? 
to Earth. It's uh, earthing is basically the movement of electrons. So uh, you know, just like any other material would be conductive. So if you took a copper wire and you ran a copper wire through a shoe from right from the sole to where you're where you're uh, to the ground, you would achieve uh, everything. That the, the, you know, in in the case of the shoe, we are what we've done is we've created a um, the the sole of the shoe to be conductive. Um, and the other, you know, one of the important things here to also remember is that the the human skin has a certain level of conductivity. And what we've done with the inner metal shoe is that we've resonated the same level of conductivity by adjusting how conductive the shoe is. So it resonates with the same level of conductivity as uh, the the sole of your uh, of your uh, of your foot. So to try and resonate that, not not lower, not higher. Uh, of course, that the level of conductivity in the human body changes based on moisture, et cetera. So we've tried to resonate that to create an environment which is similar. And the way the, the, the shoe works is there is a, um, in, in the insole, we have placed uh, silver in the insole, which allows for conductivity from, uh, from your, uh, the palm of your uh, foot uh, all the way to the, the sole, uh, which is then made with conductive rubber material. So there, you know, we've, we've added conductive materials to the rubber, which is then cast into making a, uh, a sole, and uh, that's how it achieves the earthing capability. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, it's not a very complex product from that perspective. Uh, it's it's not a very complex product, but you know, when you go off on production, a lot of these things become very complex because they've not been done before, right. and I'm sure this will evolve very very quickly on what the capability of the, you know, there, are, there is also, you know, our next products are, we're working on other products which will enhance and add more features, et cetera, to, uh, to the product. But it's, uh, you know, seemingly it seems like a simple product, but in reality, just getting the production done had its fair share of, of, of challenges as, as you know, as you would I imagine. Can, yeah. I can imagine of, you know, of course never produced a, a physical product of, of my own, but I can imagine when you, you know, you, you're trying to find someone to produce it. They're like, well, what do you want to do? Like, no one ever does that. Just make shoes the way everybody else does. What, what are you trying to do here? And, and it's like, I can, I can only imagine the, the confusion that it causes and then, and then the headache in trying to get it done and then get it done right in the way that you want it. Because obviously that matters as well, right? You know, this is not helpful if it doesn't work. So it has to, it has to be done correctly. Absolutely. I mean, you know, timeline wise, when, when we started off on this, I think, yeah, six months, we'll have this ready to go. You know, and it's three years that we're just going live <laughs> on TikTok now. So it's, you know, it's it's been... A and, long and six months. It's been a long six months. <laughs> uh, and, and we thought, you know, you know, we can get this done in X and that number today is 10X. Right. And and it's taken a lot longer, but, it, you know, it, it, and uh, yeah, so it's been, it's, you know, it's, it's a simple product in many ways, but it's still been a tremendous amount of effort from the team and... Uh, and it, it has, you know, taken a lot more than we thought it, it would. But, you know, on the bright side, we're live. We're going live on Kickstarter in a couple of days. So that's right. Keen on, you know, keen on spreading the word, getting this uh, out there. And then, um, you know, that's when I think to some extent, that's when officially the inner metal journey starts. This is the first major product launch that we're, that we're doing. So, um, 
Look what's the to what's the date that it will be live on Kickstarter? This podcast will be out by the time you're listening to this. It will already be uh, the Kickstarter campaign will have started. But what's the date? And then I'll put the link yes. to 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 the Kickstarter yeah. campaign in the show notes of this as well. Amazing. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so it's in in uh, about four days now. So on the second of November. Awesome. Um, we're live on Tuesday next week, and uh, that's when we hit the button. And it all comes down to that. It's just a button. I've just got to press one button, and we're live. So it's, yeah. But it's been it's been a ton of effort to get to that moment. And on Tuesday morning, I've got to get up, press that button, and then we're live. <laughs> three three years to press one button, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exciting just, exciting times for I for think, sure. Yeah. I, I want to jump to another topic where we're running a little bit short on time here. Um, so I wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit about OS one, which is a, an, another part of the entire brand and the, and the company that's recently opened the first location in Dubai. So congratulations on that, but tell us about what it is and kind of what are the plans for, for OS one. So OS one, similar thought process on, on trying to solve the problem, you know, the gig economy, the training economy has been, you know, the thought process for this was, Personal training and that human connection is almost the core of getting a fitter, healthier society. You know, in my own life, I've been involved in many different, um, you know, sports and fitness activities. But every single time when I look back at that journey, there's always been that key initiator, somebody in the circle that, you know, allowed me to initiate that activity, whether that was you know, it was martial arts, whether that was weight training, or whether that was a sport that I practiced. And, and so that key person has always been somebody who kind of got you out of that bubble and said, you know, I'm doing this this weekend, why don't you come and join? You know, and that was the first time you went to gym or you went for a jiu-jitsu class or you went for, uh, you know, uh, rock climbing or whatever that activity might be. So what we wanted to do was as the segment's growing, there is a conflict of interest between what gyms want they're, you know, corporate, commercial uh, product based on membership numbers, but no real concern to, you know, they, they don't, the thought process there is not to try and build a human connection. It's just to, you know, have a gym operate. So yeah, the goal for the space for OS1 was to really allow for trainers who are now trying to make that switch to be able to have a space where they can uh, work from. Uh, and for the larger community, to allow for more of those connections to occur, give the trainers the space and the people who are making these changes happen, whether you're training or whether you know, you're practicing a, a certain sport or activity, um, to have a space is almost that first step in you being able to, uh, to enable you as, as an individual, you need that space. You, know, you need that, uh, that space to be able to build those connections and to expand those connections. You, know, you start a class, that class grows, you've created a healthier community, you have more people active, you know, and these things have, especially today, I guess they're a lot more important than ever when we're moving into a world of, um, you know, social realities, which are perhaps not very healthy in many ways, you know, um, the amount of screen time, the lack of human interaction, you know, these are challenges which will have large impact on, on uh, you know, people who are going through that, core age or, you know, people who go into that age where they don't know that, you know, social behaviors were, were quite different. So, so that's the broader goal, you know, to give people who are in the fitness sports industry a space to be able to build their businesses, 
and have, um, you know, have those social connections that then expand and create healthier communities. That's a bigger goal. We're in testing it in, in Dubai. We launched a couple of weeks ago, hoping to see what the results are. And we hope that does well and that allows us to keep building these uh, spaces and uh, to keep sort of going on that journey. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the idea is, is wonderful. And especially in this kind of, you know, post-pandemic uh, world as as we're coming out of it for trainers, you know, one thing that I notice obviously being in, in the industry is like a lot of people miss their trainers, miss the in-person classes as great as everybody thinks their Zoom classes were. We all know that we were sick of them after a couple of weeks. And so we couldn't wait to get back into the gym, get back with your trainer, get back in your class, whatever it was. And now that that presents, you know, f- for anyone who doesn't know on, on the trainer side of that, it, it's not the easiest thing in the world from a business perspective to do that out of a, out of a commercial gym or, or even if it's like a, you know, a more private gym working for someone else, it's, it's just not conducive to that. Cause like you're saying, it's all numbers game and all these, and all these things. And there are great places and, you know, don't get me wrong on that, but it allows that more connection where your trainer, your coach can, can give themselves more, can give more of themselves to you when they have more control. And so having a space like OS one to work out of and to collaborate with other people who are kind of coming up with you and it's not like someone is, you know, beating down on you or coming on top of you or trying to take something from you as you're trying to give. It's mm. uh it's gonna help a lot of people and, and if it helps the the trainers, it's gonna help the clients, you the listener, it's gonna help you to to you know to reach your goals and to whatever it is you're you're doing. So we can't we'll never lose that that human connection. There's something different about it. It's called personal training for a reason because there's you know there's a lot there's a huge personal aspect to it. It's not just about get in the workout. And we all know, you know, I've got tons of people who, Oh, can you send me a workout? Yeah. I'll send it to you the workout. And then you don't do it. doesn't help you, but to the people that come in and, you know, we get the stuff done, then, you know, they get better. So there's, um, there's a whole lot to that. So I think it's a really exciting thing and, and I'm, I'm excited for it to get to Canada when that happens. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of hurdles involved with that as well, amongst all the other things that you've got going on. But, uh, I'm excited for that personally as well. Deep, deep breath. Deep breath before we start on the creative yeah. for OS1. After what we've been through with the first unit setup, it's been again a lot more effort than we expected. But uh, but yeah. yeah, we're we're driven and we'll keep going and uh, you know we'll keep sort of chipping away at these challenges and uh, the rest is really up to can't control the results. You know we can only control our our effort and uh, that's what we'll do. Yeah, but that's like they say, showing up is half the job, right? So you show up at the gym, you show up at the training session. That's that's half of the job, you know, so it's, uh, there's a reason we, we say that, but no, I completely agree. Motivating people, you know, across the screen is, is whether it's a business personal training, you know, it's, it's, a, there is a human energy, which can only be transferred when, you know, when there is, uh, you know, that motivation aspect is, is only done when, when there is that, you know, human contact. So hopefully the spaces are designed to take us away from, from the current state, of, of uh, remote to uh, a better state of, of, of hopefully collective uh, approaches. Exactly. No, it's wonderful. And uh, yeah, so I'm super excited for that. And, and I'm super excited for the, for the Kickstarter campaign and for more people to, to be able to access all of the products and to hear about it and, and to just kind of get it out there because it's really going to help a lot. I, you know, I, I fully believe in, in all of these things personally, and that's not just because, you know, I, I like you and I like the brand. I just, I generally believe in all these things and it's going to help, uh, it's going to help a lot of people. And that's the, at the end of the day, the most, the most important part of all of it. Thanks, Daniel. We really appreciate the support. Of course. Is there anything else that you want to, I know we could, we could keep going. We'll probably have to do a part two at some point. 
um, but we're a little tight on time. Is there anything else that you want to kind of leave the people with here in closing? No, we'll, we'll wait for the part two to keep the, keep the next conversation. Kickstarter is live in a couple of days. So we'll, uh, every bit counts, every little bit of support um, counts. And then, yeah, it would, you know, if, if anybody takes away anything, really, I mean, we are a company that is trying to raise awareness about these problems. If there's any, Thing that you know your listeners try to reach out for if there's any sort of you know angles or supports or suggestions uh, we would love to hear back from uh, you know from from individuals about uh, if they agree if they disagree you know it'd be good to hear back absolutely and and where is the best place for people to to get in contact and with social media channels uh, the you know our social media channels are great so facebook instagram that works uh, it's uh, intermetal easy to find uh, intermetal.com on the website you'll also find the links there um, and uh, those are generally the best ways to reach us. Perfect. And I'll have those in the show notes as well for anyone to easily click through. And Nam, thank you again so much. I, I really appreciate your time and sharing with the, with everything. Good luck with the Kickstarter campaign, with everything else, and, and good luck with your travels uh, back to Dubai next week. Thank nice. you very much, everybody, for listening. I greatly appreciate your attention as always. Definitely check out Intermetal and everything that they've got going on. Again, all the links to everything we spoke about will be in the show notes of this episode. While you're at it, give me a follow on Instagram as well, at Daniel Yoris, if you're not already. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating on iTunes. It helps grow this whole thing and get this whole message out there to even more people. And not about the podcast, but about the brands and the people and everything else. So get that done if you can. It would be, again, greatly appreciated. And that's it. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.